Morning. Happy Valentine's Day. If you forgot, you still have a chance. Now, I don't have any flowers or chocolates or cards or anything else like that for you this morning. Sorry. But you do deserve it. I wish I had it. I just don't. It's almost as good as having it, isn't it? No. <laughs> Doesn't do us any good at all. Um, we've been talking uh, for several weeks now about uh, our relationship with Jesus. I haven't really put a category on it, but that's really what we've been saying. Um, several weeks ago, we talked about being submissive and that we don't submit to Jesus because uh, of what will happen if we don't or because he has the power to force us into submission. We submit to Jesus because we love him. See how I'm tying that into Valentine's Day? We got a love relationship going on here. After that, we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd because he said, I am the good shepherd. He goes to the sheep pen and calls the sheep out by name. And the sheep say, oh, that's Jesus and he's calling me. See that relationship we have there with Jesus because he's the good shepherd? Last week we went even deeper and closer in our relationship. Uh, reading the verse, uh, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Imagine what it would be, what it is like to be in Jesus. To be in him. And him in us. I see, I have a lot of relationships with people where I know them and they know me and we have, we have our stories, we have our secrets, we have the things that tie us together. But being in someone is much deeper than knowing someone. It's like when you go to the swimming pool and you sit on the side, you're at the pool, but you're not in the pool. When you get in the pool, you have a close relationship with the water. Don't you think? You get wet all over. That's the way it is. When I'm in Jesus and he is in me, we are close. Today we're going to stick with that theme, talking about our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God. Because this really matters. If Jesus is a guy that lived 2,000 some years ago, and he taught some really good things. And then he was a martyr. And he died for me. That's one thing, right? Um, but that would put him on the level of a soldier. Because in the 200 and some year history of our country, there have been many soldiers who have died for me. And I'm grateful for their death, aren't you? The price they paid so that I can have what I have. And that's, that's nice, and I respect them and honor them. If that's the level and depth of our relationship with Jesus, we're really missing out. So we want to go a little deeper today, and I kind of feel like one of those infomercials on TV. But wait, there's more. Every time we start talking about Jesus, we dig in a little deeper, and we get in a little deeper, and every time I turn the page and say, but wait, there's more. There's more here. 
And that's kind of what we're going to do today is uh, we're in John chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles or you can just follow along here. John 14. If you love me, keep my commands. As I read through scripture, I see many um, tests. Is that the good word to call them? Tests. Things that I can compare my life against, kind of a mirror as a reflection, the template and me. And here's one of those. Do you love Jesus? Well, don't tell me you love Jesus. Because you can say anything you want, right? How can you show that you love Jesus? By keeping his commands. So we read a verse like this, and okay, now I have something to add to my list. I love Jesus, so in order to show that, I will keep his commands. And i got to tell you, that's a lot like trying to be a chicken. I'm going to go in the pen, I'm going to scratch, I'm going to peck, I'm going to lay eggs, I'm going to cockle-doodle-doo when the sun comes up. I can do all those things. Still not a chicken, right? Keeping Jesus' commands does not mean we love Jesus. Loving Jesus means we keep his commands. So here we have this test. And so, do you? Who, who, who do you listen to? Who do you follow? See, if you follow Jesus, then the conclusion we draw from that is that you love him. Um, we don't force our love by our obedience. It is our love that forces our obedience. Then in verse 16. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus said he was going to ask the father. And the father said, okay. Want an advocate? I'll give you an advocate. So not being an extremely smart person, I had to go to the Google to find out what an advocate meant. An advocate means this. A person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause. An advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause. I have an advocate. You have an advocate. What's this advocate do? He's publicly supporting you. The advocate. Now, I need an advocate. You ever feel alone? If you had an advocate, you wouldn't be alone, would you? I know, I hate this kind of thing too. It always shows where I'm living life on my own instead of depending on the truth of God's word. Believing what God has said about me. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Another advocate. Jesus was the first. The Spirit is the second. Now we often call this advocate the Holy Spirit and that's fine, that's a good name. But Jesus called this advocate by another name, the Spirit of Truth. 
Jesus is giving us an advocate known as the Spirit of Truth. Man, if I had to pick one thing of what makes the difference, what's the one thing in life that would transform you from what you were to what you are now in the kingdom of heaven, in Jesus Christ? What's the thing that changes? The truth. The truth. You see, before Jesus, we had a whole world view and a whole world system developed in our mind, in our being, in our heart, and in our spirit of how to make life work, of things that we know are true. And those things that we've known to be true from birth until now, they die hard. It is hard to put those things to death, the things that you know to be true. What are some of those things we know to be true? People don't change. We know that I'm on my own. We know that I don't have what it takes. So I have to work hard and really push myself to get what I need and what I want in life. We know that I can't trust people. We know that all things are doomed to death and decay. We know that if I want mine, I've got to take mine. See all these things we know? Everything I just told you is a lie. We know them to be true, but they are lies. And so Jesus, knowing the nature of what he's dealing with, said, let me send an advocate. Someone who will publicly support you and your cause. And that advocate is the spirit of truth. The truth will set you free. When you're in bondage, it's because you don't believe the truth. I didn't say you didn't know the truth or hadn't heard the truth, although sometimes that's the case. The problem is you don't believe the truth. And here we are all in church where everybody always agrees with everything that's said, because you know when I stand up here and say something, you all shake your heads yes and say, yeah, that's true. That does not mean you believe the truth. It just means you heard it and say, well, Tony said it, it must be right. When you know the truth, it will set you free. And the way that you can know the truth is because the spirit of truth that Jesus has given us. The world can't accept him. Because it doesn't see him or know him. The world cannot accept the truth because it does not see truth. But you, you know him. You know this spirit of truth. You know this advocate. Because he lives with you and will be in you. What would happen if you didn't believe this verse? What would it look like if you didn't believe that you had the spirit of truth? What would it look like for you if the spirit of truth was not in you and was not living with you? What would life look like? Well, it would look like this. You're going to have to work hard to study and know who God is. You're going to have to work hard to find the truth and to reveal the deception of the enemy. It's going to be a constant struggle for you to get better day by day by day so that if you love me, you'll keep my commands. See how that verse, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, becomes a burden? Oh my God, I've got to, I've got to work hard so I can love Jesus. 
That's what, life looks, that's what life looks like if you don't believe this verse. Now, what would life look like if you did believe this verse? You would never be alone. You'd never be on your own. You'd never be in a position where you had to work hard to figure it out. I've got to solve this mystery of God so that I can have love and joy and peace and patience. Right? It would never be like that. Instead, it would be, you would read something from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that lives in you and with you would convict you that this is true. And you can trust this and live your life based on this. So that you can let go of all the things that are dragging you down. Could you imagine the kind of life you would live if you believed that you had an advocate, the spirit of truth in you? Some of you believe this. Some of you don't. You have to decide which one you're in, right? I'm not trying to be judgmental and telling you what you believe. Here's what I'm saying. When I see apples on an apple tree, I know it's an apple tree. Right? What's the fruit of your life? It betrays these things. It's another one of these tests that will show you and reveal to you. Not so that somebody else can thump you on the chest and say, see, you don't measure up. It's not the point. The point is there is life and freedom available and it comes from our Heavenly Father through Jesus. He's given us a spirit who lives in me and lives with me. I'm not alone and I have the truth within me. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus will not leave us. He's always, always, always with us. He's left the earth. And so we think he's gone. But do you know that the Jesus who ascended into heaven, the Jesus who ate with the disciples... The Jesus that held his hand up and let them stick his fingers, them stick their fingers through the holes in his hands, that Jesus, he's alive. Do you know he's as real as you are? Sitting in the, in the pew, Jesus is alive. He's not some far off distant spirit thing. He's alive. Jesus, forever alive. Now, the world doesn't see him anymore. But Jesus said, you will see me.
Do you? Because I live, you also will live. The way Jesus lives is the way we can live. You know the kingdom of heaven has begun. I'm in it. You're in it. Eternal life has already begun. It's not some far off distant hope that right now I'm hunkered down, holding on, waiting for the rescue. Trying to keep things at a manageable level so that when Jesus comes, he won't be too upset or too disappointed with me, but he'll then take me to heaven. That's not the picture at all. I'm living in the kingdom of heaven now, as are you. The full glory of God is in me because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is in me, and Jesus is in me. Because I live, you also will live. I am alive today because of Jesus Christ. Now my body will someday die if Jesus tarries when he comes. But I just have a body. I'm not a body. I'm alive because of Jesus. On that day, you will realize that Jesus is in the Father. Do you know that? Remember how we talked about the swimming pool and how we would be in the pool? Jesus is in the Father. In Him. Inside, totally in. Not, not with, not by, not near. In. On that day, you will realize that Jesus is in the Father. And on that day, we will realize that I am in Jesus. You realize that? You are in Jesus. Not close, not near, not alongside, in. And Jesus is in me. You see this tight relationship? that I have with the God of the universe. Jesus is in the Father. I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me. So, when we have his commands and keep them, we are declaring and showing to the world that we love him. Now, I don't keep his commands to build my love for him. I love him and therefore I do what he asks. It's back to that submission that we talked about a month ago. Because of Jesus, because of who he is, because of what he's done, I'd die for him. Right? Jesus means much more to me than a Valentine's card that I'm going to mail in. He's my life. I am in him. It is in him that I have my life and my very being. And he's given me the spirit of truth to reveal all kinds of things to me. So I keep his commands. And as I keep his commands, it shows that I love him. And as I love him, the Father reveals that he loves me. And Jesus, too, loves me and shows himself to me. Now, then in verse, uh, uh, whatever verse it is, 22. I lost it. There I have it. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, 
Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So, Jesus, how come we're the only ones that get to see you? How come the world doesn't? And Jesus' answer is, the world can see me. All they have to do is love me. And they can see me too. Do you believe in free will? That God gave people free will? If God gave you free will, it means you have the ability to make meaningful decisions. Are you able to make meaningful decisions? Yes, you are. You know the most meaningful decision you can make? Love Jesus? Not love Jesus. Follow Jesus? Not follow Jesus. Live in Jesus? The power of the Spirit in you? The Spirit of truth in you? Or not do that? You have the ability to choose. And not only do you have the ability, you have the responsibility. What happens if 25 years ago you accept Jesus, Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit moves in your life, and then you say, I'm good, and you go about doing what you want, living on your own for the next 25 years? What happens? Do you receive the blessings of the, of the, of the kingdom? Do you grow? Do you become like Christ? Or do you stay in the same broken position you were in 25 years ago? Because you have the ability to choose and the responsibility to choose, Jesus will keep saying, Hey, hey, I'm over here, I'm over here. But if you say, Never mind, I got this. Jesus has the ability to change the whole world and to change you. But he will not change you unless you invite him and initiate that. It's up to you. You're not able to make the change. You have to initiate with Jesus, inviting him to make the change. That's the power, the responsibility of free will. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Do you love Jesus? You'll know you love Jesus because you're doing what he tells you to do. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. The Father and the Son come to me, to you, and make their home here. See the difference between being visited by God and living with Him? In the Old Testament, before Jesus, the Holy Spirit visited people. He came on them, they did the thing that God wanted them to do, and He left them. For you and I, this is home. The Holy Spirit lives here, He does not leave us. Jesus lives here, He does not leave us. The Father, He lives here, He does not leave me. This is home. This is home. Um, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. 
And these words were not Jesus's. They belonged to the Father who sent him. Jesus says, Come to me, abide in me, follow me. If you love Jesus, that's what your life looks like. You come to him, you stay with him, you follow him. Don't make it harder than it is. I've got to make a list of the 500 and some commands that Jesus gave to know if I'm doing it or not. Missing the point. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth is in you. Jesus is in you. The Heavenly Father lives with you. It's home. The natural thing is Jesus says, Tony, do this. And Tony says, well, yeah, of course I'll do that. Because I love Jesus. You see, this is not, all right, Tony, watch your language if you love me. Are you kidding me? That's what you think love looks like? You think, I love Lana because I put my dish in the sink? That's how you think I love her? Because if I don't put my dish in the sink, she's going to yell at me? You think that's love? Yet isn't that the way most of us live with Jesus? Jesus wouldn't want me to think this, so I'll try to change my mind. Really? You find power and life in that? Because I find death in that. Instead, what I find is life in Jesus because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has been given to me and He lives in me. And it is from deep inside that the kingdom of heaven flows out of me. Not the other way around. Verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. and Do not be afraid. So Jesus was saying, I'm going to leave soon. I've got to go. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the Father will send him in the name of Jesus. We live after this, right? We live after Jesus is gone, after his death and resurrection and ascension. We live after that. So when Jesus said this, he was telling what would happen. When we read this, we see what has happened. This is not a promise of what is to come. This is our reality today. For those of us who are in Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come. The advocate. The spirit of truth. Is in me. Is in you. Now what happens? Because that spirit is in us. The spirit teaches us all things. Oh boy. If I could just get back all the time I wasted. Trying to learn something. Wouldn't that be an interesting thing to have that time back? To use that for something good other than trying to figure something out and to learn it? You see, it is the Holy Spirit that reveals the mystery of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. I've been working hard trying to change my language because I say I learned something or I discovered. And what I really mean is this. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that. Right? When, when you get that aha moment about the kingdom, that's the Holy Spirit. 
revealing to you. I will teach you all things and will remind you of everything Jesus said. Um, I could give a really long testimony about how as I talk to people about the kingdom of heaven, these verses that I don't know start popping out of my mouth as part of my language. Right? Do you see that happening in you? As you're talking to your brothers and sisters or to the lost, all of a sudden, verses, the words of Jesus just start coming out of my mouth. I say things in my natural language that are what Jesus said, as the Holy Spirit reminds me. I've proved over and over and over, I'm not smart enough to have all this figured out. I'm not clever. I'm not even especially funny. But the Holy Spirit, that dude's awesome. And when he lives through me, controlling my words, my head being transformed in my mind by the power of the spirit of truth, the advocate, the one who is in my court, he's got my back, that one, oh, it changes everything. You know what happens? You know what I find happens because the spirit of truth lives in me? You know what comes next? Peace. Let's say this afternoon at 4 o'clock you have a very important meeting with someone you love who is um, not a believer. What are you going to say to them? How are, what, what's your pitch? What are you going to bring up to tell them about the King of Heaven and how He wants to live inside and give us freedom and life? What are you going to say? Oh boy, you better start writing it down. Right? Because you've got to get this plan. You're going to only get one shot. And this is your shot this afternoon. Get it right. <coughs> or you could let the spirit of truth remind you of all the things Jesus has said. And actually love the person and not be concerned about your presentation. Let the Holy Spirit take care of that. I would describe that as peace. I've had this picture in my head almost for six months now. And it's an old TV th deal, probably on Ed Sullivan, or I don't remember. But there's these dowel rods and these white plates. And the person on TV would get one plate spinning on a dowel rod. And then they would get another dowel rod and another plate. And then they would keep this one spinning and get this one spinning. And they would add the next plate. And the next plate. And the next plate. And now they got like a dozen plates spinning. And they're just going around to each one, keeping it going and going. Doesn't that describe life? I got all these plates I got to keep spinning. I got my work plate. I got my church plate. I've got my house plate. I've got my uh, toy plate. I've got my future plate. I've got my dream plate. I've got my character plate. And I'm keeping them all spinning, running from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. When do you get to stop spinning the plates? when you come to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit live in you and through you 
Imagine the freedom of standing in the center of the room watching each one of those plates crash to the ground. You feel the weight come off of you? You know, you, you can try to keep the plate spinning. It doesn't change a thing. All it did was keep the plate spinning. It's nonsense. It's death. Life and freedom are in Jesus. Peace I leave with you. Oh, that weight is off my back. I'm free. I no longer have to keep the plate spinning. Jesus is living in me and through me. The Heavenly Father is at home with me. As I love Jesus, I will obey His commands. See, the result of loving Jesus is obedience. It's not the other way. It's not because I obey that I love Him. It's because I love Him that I obey. And as a result, I have peace. And Jesus said this, I do not give to you as the world gives to you. You know how the world gives to you? With expectation. I give Lana a Valentine's card, I'm expecting one back. Right? Isn't that how this works? We exchange Christmas gifts. The key word is exchange. Or, I'll give you something and as long as I'm happy with you, you can have it. And when I stop being happy with you, I'm taking it back. That car, you can drive it, but it's mine. So you better tow the line, buddy, and you can keep your car. It's not the way Jesus gives. It's not the way He gives. This peace, it's real. It's eternal. This life in Him, it's real. It's eternal. This Holy Spirit, this Advocate, whew. so, the result, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As I said early in this message that the Bible has all kinds of tests. So, do you obey Jesus? It means you love Him. Now here's another one. Are your hearts troubled? Are you afraid? What's that mean when your hearts are troubled and you're afraid? What's the message from that? What's it telling you? That you're not enjoying the peace that Jesus gave you because you're not letting the Spirit of Truth live through you. You're trying to make it work on your own. You're keeping the plate spinning. Some of you are really good at keeping the plate spinning. And I think about that guy. I wish I knew his name who had all those plates spinning on that TV show. Because I'd like to pat him on the back because everybody needs to split, spin a plate on a stick. There's so much value in that, isn't there? Of course not. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The same thing when you try to keep your life in control. 
We think there's so much value in me controlling myself on my own. But there is no value in that. Here's the value. I love Jesus. He comes to me. He gives me the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth now lives in me. Showing me the things that are true. When I live by the truth, I am set free. Right? The the truth will set you free. Now, I have life. I have freedom. I have peace. I'm not afraid. Instead, the Father and the Son and the Spirit are all living with me. We're living together. You want some of that? Because that's the offer from Jesus. It's real. It's true. Now last week, I ended with Ephesians chapter 3 as a prayer. And I want to end that way again this morning. So let's pray. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.